Hi everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth. And this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Good morning dear friends and welcome to our last Genesis saunter before Christmas. So we're going to have a bit of a break. I have to be away somewhere tomorrow and then it all gets started, doesn't it? So I'm going to pause until I think it's the 3rd of January or something like that. I think I, I put a post up and I've forgotten what I said. Oh dear. Right, here we go. So um, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do love you and we thank you so much that you are in this story and you are speaking to us through it and so we invite you today to come and engage with us and reveal your heart to us again today in Jesus name we love you Lord and we want to see the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives transforming us to be more like you every single day amen good morning Floor good morning Mary good morning Kathy and Fran great to see you guys you're faithful saunterers um So this is an amazing story, right? We remember that Joseph has been sent down to slavery. He's been sold by his brothers. He's ended up working for the captain of the guard of the Egyptian government and uh, in a very prestigious household. And things are just going amazingly well until Mrs. Potiphar, the boss's wife, tries to hit on Joseph and get him into bed and he is a true gentleman and a man of God and he says no this is a wicked thing against God I couldn't do it plus it's sinning against my master your husband why would I why would I tank my whole career (laughs) for for this you know which is exactly what was going to happen but it happened anyway he didn't go to bed with her but he did end up in prison on a false charge and then here, here we go with chapter 40. Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offence against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them and he attended them They continued for some time in custody. Right, let's pick up some really interesting little points from this. Number one, Joseph was confined. His movements were completely restricted. His freedom, the bit of freedom he had as a slave had been taken away and he's confined to prison. Not a good place, but we do know that everything he does when he's in prison the Lord blesses good morning Tim and 
uh, and so the Lord blesses everything he does and it, in the end the the prison the keeper of the prison paid no attention to what was going on there because he just let Joseph basically run the whole show which is incredible and we talked about the favor of God didn't we right but here listen to this so this is an interesting development so the the chief cupbearer like the wine taster to the king very prestigious job you stand in the king's presence whenever he wanted a glass of wine your job was to sip it and see it and he would look at you to see whether it was whether you dropped dead or whether you nodded yes said this is great or you think ah this is ooh, that's not very good wine send it away and so it was a kind of role of sommelier along with kind of um this it's like the canary in the um the miners used to take into the mine and if the canary died you know it was time to go home because <laughs> there was gas it was a bit like he was the canary in this story right we got there anyway so um but here's an interesting thing in in verse three it says and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard well who was the captain of the guard well according to the previous chapter that was potiphar joseph's former boss how interesting so the boss that threw joseph in prison is now responsible for making sure these two characters are kept in prison until the king has decided till pharaoh has decided what to do with them and so the captain of the guard appointed joseph to be with them and he attended them now this is quite i think this is promotion it's also a bit of vindication from from potiphar to joseph um, and just saying, Joseph, I know you, I know what kind of scallywag my wife is. And yes, I, you know, I get it that you're not guilty, but you have to be in prison. Otherwise, I'm not seen to be doing my job properly and not caring for my wife adequately. And so what But whilst you're there, you can take care of these two high profile prisoners to make sure they don't abscond, but actually keep them in a reasonable amount of health till the king has decided what to do with them. Verse five. So this is interesting, isn't it? So I think Potiphar is still in the background pulling some strings for Joseph, um, which is nice. So verse five, it says, and one night they both dreamed. This is the cupbearer and the king, uh, the cupbearer and the baker, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Israel who were confined in prison. So they're again, they're confined, they're restricted, they can't move, each his own dream and each dream with its own interpretation so these guys both have dreams and they both know when they wake up that these dreams are significant and there is an interpretation but they just don't know what it is and I think sometimes we have those kind of dreams and we just know that this is a significant dream I call them God dreams where you wake up and you think and it's like real fresh it was like it was Oh, carried a lot of emotion maybe very vision very sort of convincing and real and stuff and when you wake up you're like what does that mean or sometimes when I wake up I hear God speak to me I'm often I did say on this podcast that a lot of my dreams are absolute rubbish but just on the occasional ones where God has spoken to me is literally like where I wake up I know that that's been a God encounter and it's been borne out in the the events then that follow which is amazing often right so then one night they both dreamed the cupbearer and the baker of the king of egypt who were confined in the prison each his own dream and each dream with its own interpretation 
Verse 6, when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? And they said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So they are incarcerated, it would seem, in Potiphar's house. So they've got a slightly better standard of, of accommodation than the general riffraff in the prison, in the dungeon. Um, but their, their faces are downcast. And Joseph is attending to these guys. And we see his pastoral heart. And we see him actually not so preoccupied with his own loss of freedom that he can't notice somebody else's predicament. And he just notices it. They're looking glum today. And he says, guys, what is it? What is what are you upset about? And bear in mind, these are important officials. So they're like senior members of the cabinet or something. They're kind of, they're not little lightweights. They're significant members of the king's household. And um, but Joseph is there to serve them and he's attending to their need. And, and he doesn't just say, well, that's their problem. Get over it. They're in prison like me. They've probably done something bad. I haven't. I've got enough troubles of my own. I'm going to do the bare necessities and just leave you to fend for yourselves emotionally and whatnot. He can't help himself. He wants to love them and serve them and be a pastor to them. And it's, it's a really beautiful thing. Now, in order to notice the predicament of other people and the sadness and the change of mood of other people, we have to have our own stuff in enough of a place of, un, you know, kind of managed where we've dealt with our own stuff enough. It's not that we keep everything squashed down and we deny our true feelings and all that. I'm not saying that, but it's where we've managed to deal with our own issues and get them into some kind of place where we're able to have some space to notice what's going on around us. So Joseph is not so preoccupied with his own tragedy and his own loss and his own restricted lifestyle that he can't see what's going on with these other people. And he empathises with them, he connects with them, and he takes it upon himself to respond to their evident need. And I love that. This is actually the call that's on you and me, is to be able to bring our own stuff to Jesus and get that sorted out. And even in the morning when we get up and we pray and we engage with God, let's get our own stuff squared away with God so that we're actually able to be part of the solution to the needs around us. And so there's Joseph there um, responding to these officials and kind of connecting with them on quite a, quite a deep level. And so he says, "What? why are your faces downcast? And they said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. So listen, he's not he's not qualified as a dream interpreter, interpreter, inter interpreter. He's not in, he's not qualified as a dream interpreter. 
He's not qualified as a pastor. He's never been to Bible college. And he's, but he's there um, giving of himself. And because he has a relationship with God, he knows, he does the mass. He's the only one in that confined space who actually has a relationship with God. So if anybody is going to be able to help these two guys and point them to the truth, it's going to be him. And I love that. He's going to be the solution. So when we get out of bed in the morning, when we turn up at work, when we come down to our family, whatever it is we do in the day, or we come down to our spouse or, you know, whatever, however we're going to conduct our day, we are the connecting point with God for so many people. Because many, many, many people that we will meet, most in fact, in the course of a day, will probably not have their own connection with Jesus. So it's up to you and me to be the priest and to bring that connection with God into that situation. I hope somebody is listening because I think this is a pretty important word. I think this is actually the mission we're on, believe it or not. And Joseph, in that incarcerated limited, restricted place is a picture to us of Jesus, who even though he was, he didn't consider equality with God, something he had to grasp at because he is God, he humbled himself. He took on the nature of a servant and he became like us and he moved among us and he served and washed people's feet. He took the blind people, the prostitutes, the lepers, the little children. He treated them with the love and compassion of God the Father. He demonstrated the message by how he lived. Joseph in the prison, even though nobody has preached to him about Jesus, nobody has told him what Jesus will be like. He is like Jesus was in that prison. He is opening the eyes of the blind. These people have had a dream. God is giving them a spiritual insight, but their eyes are blind and they can't see it. So Joseph is opening the eyes of the blind in the prison. He's setting the captives free in the prison. Come on. These are Egyptians. These are Egyptians, the Egyptian civil servants, and he's setting them free in a prison. Come on. This is just stunning. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Wills. Good morning, Sarah. This is a stunning story. But then Joseph's, Joseph's not trusting in his own ability or his own skills. He says, do not in dreams and interpretations. Do not interpretations belong to God. Daniel says something very similar. There is a God who reveals mysteries. Joseph says, do not interpretations belong to God. There are mysteries that you and I will run into, our friends, our companions, people that we know will have dreams and they'll come into work perplexed. And then that's our moment. So we say, let me ask God to reveal to me the meaning of your dream. We are the priests in this situation. Joseph is the priest in this situation. Nobody's appointed him to do it. Nobody's told him, Joseph, you're going to go into prison. No one's prophesied over him, said, Joe, you're going to go into prison and you're going to be a priest in that prison and you're going to meet these two guys. And 
he just sees the situation and responds to it. It's awesome. And so please, so he says, please tell them to me. Entrust your dream to me and I will make it my business to go and rattle heaven's doors until God tells me what this these dreams are about. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream there was a vine before me and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth and its clusters ripened into grapes. Well, that's like a dream, isn't it? It's kind of accelerated time and he sees this thing happening in front of him and suddenly there's grapes on this vine. Verse 11, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And then Joseph said to him, this is its interpretation. He doesn't have to wait. He knows, even as the guy is speaking, He's hearing from heaven, he's receiving the interpretation, and he delivers it in real time. He says, this is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. Wow. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it's well with you and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh and so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. So he's saying, come on, this is what's going to happen is really, really good news. I'm really excited for you. But when you get out, don't forget me. Do put in a word for me with Pharaoh, because honestly, you're going to have access to the high, the most powerful guy in the land. Mention me and see if you can get me off the hook for a crime I never committed. See if you can get Pharaoh to show leniency to me. Good morning, Alison. Um, and this is just incredible, isn't it? So Joseph is not only able to serve these guys, but he's smart enough to think, yeah, I could do a getting out of this prison at some time soon because this isn't good for me to be here. And I've done nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favourable, verse 16, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. Wow. And Joseph said, Joseph answered and said, this is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree and the birds will eat the flesh from you. Wow. This is so awful. This is a... This is a, you know, the classic opposite, isn't it? So he's he's given some confidence by hearing the good result of the cupbearer's dream and Joseph interpreting that. And he's thinking, gosh, this could be good for me too. Well, here's my dream. I wonder what the outcome will be for me. And it's three days, same as before. But this time, um, it, its meaning is that Pharaoh's going to have this guy, the baker's head removed from his shoulders and the, hang him up on a tree, impale him probably. Oh, not good. And the birds will eat the flesh from you. What a horrible, horrible interpretation. What a horrible message to have to give to somebody. And yet Joseph is there and he's like, I didn't send you the dream. I'm just giving you the message. I'm delivering the mail. 
you wanted an answer, I've given it to you. This is tough going. And I'm sure Joseph was looking at the guy with sadness in his face and maybe holding his hand saying, bro, this is not good for you. And the, the baker's face would have gone white. And oh, man. Anyway, within three on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday. Now, I don't suppose I don't know if Joseph knew that. But anyway, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. This is a sad story, isn't it? So it's kind of <coughs> good, good news for a prophet when their prophecies are fulfilled, although it's always a bittersweet thing when the prophecy has got a warning or a tragic message, which was true in this case on the second one. But Joseph would have no doubt had the the pleasure of seeing at least one of his fellow prisoners go free and be reinstated and he would have had some optimism in his heart for a few days of um you know maybe this is going to be my freedom is going to come on the back of this successful you know I'm in an accurate interpretation blah 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 but then as the days go on he realizes no this guy is he he either forgot me or it didn't didn't land when he tried to say it to Pharaoh and Pharaoh shut him up or something. But Joseph remains in prison and the cupbearer forgot. Oh boy, I'm glad it's not just me who forgets important things. The cupbearer did too. Um, Tim's just pointed out that the three days are, uh, yeah, they're also symbolic, aren't they? Of course, it was on the third day that Jesus rose again. On the third day, the baker got reinstated. Uh, sorry, the Butler got reinstated, but the baker got his, yeah, got his punishment. So amazing story, right? So whatever situation you and I find ourselves in, right, this is the one to take us through Christmas. Over these next few days with our families, with our friends, I believe, right, I'm going to stick my neck out. I believe that we're going to encounter people who have been having little kind of flickers in there. Um, you know, in their kind of spiritual life, maybe they're not believers, but they've begun to have some kind of question or encounter or dream or something like that. And we're going to be the person in that situation to help just point them to Jesus. It may be that our job this Christmas is to bring reconciliation into a family situation or who knows what. But let us be eyes off of ourselves enough to be able to see the need around us and to see what God is saying and to become the solution by his grace in that situation. May God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful time this Christmas and may um, even in families where there's difficulty and sadness, may God encourage you and strengthen you and bring you joy in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging 
deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him but more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.